The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast because I never do that. I bring it every day for you guys. You're going to give me 30 minutes of your listening time or viewing time at youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. I'm going to bring the energy and the information every single day. And today, that means it's a teaching tutorial, Greg Cosell Thursday, most people's favorite day of the week. It is presented, of course, by DraftKings. I'll have new winners tomorrow. The Spread the Word winner will be someone that goes to Facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL and hits the thumbs up button to like the page. That's all you have to do. I will see the likes. I will choose one of you. And you'll get one of these awesome press passes. Should be noted, all recent winners, I actually had time to send out all the football cards and the pictures and the press passes yesterday. So anybody that's won something, it is in the mail. Sponsor confirmation email winner. Could be any of them. I don't know how it's not symbol. They're giving you a free $150 stock in any NFL team or college team. Like That seems like a no-brainer to take advantage of that buy a team, and then decide what you want to do after that. And then the YouTube shout-out I love, which is also, by the way, how I'm giving out a free Madden tonight before the game starts. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Subscribe and then comment on any video with the console of your choice, literally picking someone tonight right before the game starts. Shout-out to the patron of the day, Ryan Morgan, people are loving becoming Tuckheads on our private Slack channel and getting all the even money bets, the Friday picks, the press box food grades, the power rankings, patreon.com slash RT media. It's big show time. The big show. As always, Greg, I have my fingers firmly pressed on the keyboard, ready to take notes of your magnificent information and insight. I thought what you said last, everybody should follow Greg on Twitter. I think most of you already do, but at Greg Cosell, so you know what he's up to. Thought what you said last week about the Dolphins receivers and the value of their speed was really interesting. 
They play the Bengals tonight. Not sure if you're more interested in the Dolphins side or the Bengals side, but what are you going to be watching specifically in tonight's game, which is a sneaky, sneaky, big, important game? Yeah, and with all the focus, obviously, on Tua and the offense, I'm really more interested in the other side of the ball. Uh, I think that the Dolphins' defense is not being talked about enough. They're a difficult defense to play against, Ross, because they bring a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure front looks uh and you just you have to be able to sort out who's coming who's not coming because they don't always blitz javon holland their second year safety who's a very good player is outstanding at the line of scrimmage at time will blitz at time will run back and be a a free safety in cover three so they're very difficult to sort that out and obviously the bengals offensive line has struggled both in one-on-one pass protection and in sorting things out so to me, that side of the ball is really going to be an interesting watch. You know what else is interesting about that to me, Greg? This is like the second or third year in a row where it felt like nobody really wanted to give Melvin Ingram all that much money. Right. And then when you're like watching the red zone, he makes a play or two a game. Yeah, and no. I, he's, I don't he's know if it's player. luck or the ball finds him, but it's like, wait a minute, this guy just keeps making plays. Yeah, they're very. It's a very schemed defense, but they also have individual players who can win one on one up front. Um, so you know, I think it's this to me is a tough matchup for the uh, the Bengals. One thing I thought about the Bengals last week, and I don't, they're not really a running team in a strict sense. But, you know, they got the ball last week against the Jets with 10 minutes to go. And actually, Pirine was the back. And they just ran the ball for eight minutes. And I think that's a positive sign for them because their their O-line has really struggled both in, in run blocking and in pass protection. That's interesting. See, that's something I didn't know. I know Mixon has been a little disappointing for fantasy folks out there. And it doesn't feel like they've been clicking on all cylinders. So that that's an interesting observation there. Uh, we'll see how they match up tonight against what the Dolphins will bring them. Should be an awesome game. What about two teams, Greg, that are better than I thought they'd be? And in particular, their offenses are better than I thought they'd be. The stats surrounding the Browns and the Falcons on offense – are stunning. I mean, they're two. They're top ten offenses, Greg. Through three weeks, what are you seeing from either one of them? Yeah, I, I think the Browns. We know that they start with the run game, um, and they start with Nick Chubb, who's one of the best backs in the league. They've got an offensive line, particularly their two guards, and you'll appreciate this, Ross. And I know you know this, but Joel Batonio and Wyatt Teller are really outstanding players. And they're very good in in their diverse run game. They're not just good at one thing, but they're both outstanding pullers. And they get on the perimeter, on the edge, really effectively. And that allows their gap scheme run game, the power concepts, the the counter concepts, the pin-pull concepts. It's really effective. And what that does, too, when you can run those kinds of plays, you get Chubb running with velocity when he takes the ball because he can run four or five steps as part of those kinds of schemes before really anybody can touch him. And he's such a strong, powerful runner, and he's a velocity runner. He builds up speed, and then you get the power. So, And I think Jacoby Brissett, I think we saw on that Thursday night game against Pittsburgh – 
when you can help him with quick rhythm throws so the ball comes out, you define it for him, he can be effective. His issue has always been deeper drops where he gets stuck in the pocket because I think he's always been a little risk-averse. He doesn't turn it loose, and then he gets stuck. But if you can define those throws, and obviously if you're going to play against a lot of zone, uh, that can happen. So the question is, Dean Pease, who's been in this league a long time and is a very smart D coordinator, how will he play? Because you don't want to give up those throws to Jacoby Brissett. Interesting. Um, You know, I got to be honest with you. He's playing way better than I thought he would. Way better. I mean, they... They're scoring a decent amount of points, Greg. They're scoring on a lot of their possessions. I I was surprised they traded Case Keenum. I thought this was a major downgrade. Brissett's been much be- much better than I thought he'd be. Well, and he doesn't turn it over, and that's the another key factor. What about what I think is one of the games of the day? In fact, the next two I think are probably kind of the games of the day. The Buffalo Bills offense and team against the Ravens, obviously, Bills had a lot of guys out last week. I don't know what all their status is so far this week. Uh, 90-some plays, and they only scored 19 points, Greg. And then the Ravens, they've been playing very well. Lamar Jackson, it feels like at least, is playing about as well as he ever has throwing the ball. Yeah, the Bills are a really interesting team. They ran 90 plays, and Josh Allen had 71 dropbacks. So they called 71 pass plays. Um, And I think it's hard to play that way. You know, uh, look, we know Josh Allen is a great player, and I thought he played really well last week. You know, when you drop back that many times, people can always focus on one or two plays. But you know, Ross, that's hard to play that way in the NFL. And we've talked over the last year or so that at some point they're going to need a run game not a volume run game. They'll never have that. That's not the way they're built. But at some point, you do need a run game to be a factor. Um, and, you know, I don't know when that's going to happen. Um, look, obviously, Gabe Davis dropped a touchdown last week. And if they won the game, we might be having a different conversation. But just as a general point of principle, it's it's just very hard to play that way, no matter how good your quarterback is. Um and I think they can actually move the ball pretty effectively against the the Ravens defense. The Ravens defense, I think, is working through some things in the secondary. They're not the Ravens defense we normally think about with all the pressure. Um, so it's it's I would expect them to have a bounce back game offensively. Um, on the other side of the ball, you know, obviously we know the Bills are going to be playing still at corner with rookies. Um, maybe even a street-free agent. Uh, They brought in Xavier Rhodes. He could well start this week because they they need corners, um, and he's a veteran. Um, Safety, they're still in that situation. I don't know about Jordan Poirier. We know Hyde's out for the year. So the, the, the key, there's two things I think that are critical when you play the Ravens. Number one, you've got to stop Mark Andrews. Um, this is this is not a team that spreads the ball around to a lot of different receivers. And you have to stop Lamar uh, Jackson running the football by design. Um, now, the, the Ravens are a unique team in the league. They play the lowest percentage of 11 personnel in the league by a wide margin. They've only had 17 snaps in three games, Ross. 17 snaps where they've had three wide receivers on the field. Wow. Everybody else does almost every play. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, they, they're a unique offense because of Lamar. 
and and they're able to function because you know his running ability the design runs are such a critical piece in of what they do yeah um and as you know and we've talked about before just becomes very difficult to defend you know they have an extra blocker you don't see that a lot you know you don't see a lot of designed quarterback runs and so they can try to mimic it in practice but you're not really seeing the same speed or precision it's kind of like when teams you know saturday i'll be doing the uh, georgia state army game they all have scout teams they all run the option in in practice it's not the same as no the game. and you made a great point his speed you can't simulate his speed in practice. I've heard that from from people, you know, that play against him. That when you get on the field with Lamar, he's just faster than even you think he is. Absolutely, a sneaky game of the day, Greg. One of the best games of the day that I don't think anybody would have anticipated a couple of weeks ago. It's the you're already smiling, the Jaguars and the Eagles. I think a lot of people thought the Eagles would be pretty good. I don't know if people thought the Jaguars would be this good. Are you smiling because of Doug Peterson? Are you smiling because of Trevor Lawrence or both? Well, I'm actually smiling because, again, you know me. I don't make predictions. I don't know what the Jaguars' record is going to be, you know. But they're not an easy team to play against. And believe it or not, I would rather talk about their defense. I think their front group, including their linebackers, has a chance to be really, really good. They've got long, athletic players with speed. And speed is something, as you know, you can't teach that, but you need it in the NFL. So they have a they play the rookie Devin Lloyd at linebacker. He plays almost every snap, and he teams with Foy Aluakun, who's a very good player, and he was an under-the-radar signing. He's another really good athlete. As you probably know, he played safety in the Ivy League. So, you know, he has athletic ability as a linebacker. Um and then you go to their D-line. They have long athletic players. You have Trayvon Walker. You have Josh Allen. You've got Arden Key, who's now turned into a very good multi-positional player. You've got Smoot. You've got rotational players like Robertson Harris and Hamilton, 52. These are really good players. And this front is a difficult one to play against. Now, I'm not suggesting they're going to come into Philly and win. That's not the point. The point is, as I study tape, I see this group really developing. It's going to become a difficult group. And even on the back end, they have length. Their corners are over six feet. Jenkins, the safety, he's over six feet. Uh, Cisco, I believe, is also right around there, the other safety. So this is a really – it's going to get better and better, too, because Mike Caldwell, their D.C., comes from Todd Bowles, and you know how good those schemes are. So this is going to be a fun unit to watch as the season progresses. Anything on the Eagles on the offensive side of the ball, Greg? They're just taking, I guess, a lot more deep shots than I sort of anticipated them taking. Are they turning, Ross? I mean, you you do the Eagles in the preseason. You obviously talk to players, coaches. Are they turning into a passing team? In each of the last two games, they've had Jalen Hurts drop back more than 20 times in the first half. Who would have thought that a year ago, Ross? So are they turning into a passing football team? Look, one of the things that stood out to me last week against the Commanders is when they had one-on-one on the outside, and, and it could be man or zone. Obviously, if it's if it's zone, it's still one-on-one outside the numbers. They, they threw the ball down the field. They were attacking vertically with Smith and Brown. And, you know, this is a team that has weapons. They're 
they have a great O-line. So one thing that's also stood out, and this makes for a very interesting matchup this week, is Jalen Hurts has been extremely secure and clean in the pocket. And it's he's very it, sorry. It's no, go ahead. Crazy. Go ahead. It's crazy how long he has to throw the ball. I know. You just don't see that in the NFL. And compare it to like Wentz, I mean, Hurts has a good four or five seconds on some of these throws. If they don't get somebody free like the Lions did on a blitz, if you just straight rush, the odds are you're not getting there. No, and their they're O-line, as you well know, doing their, their games – their O line is is if not the best, it's certainly top two or three in the league. So it's it's been a you know very secure pocket for Jalen Hurts. You still have to make the throws, but it's also allowed them to attack all areas of the field with vertical route concepts because they know he's protected. Packers, Patriots, Belichick's acting like Mac Jones is day to day. He's not. I'm day to day too, Ross. What's that? I'm day to day too. Yeah. Yeah, we all are. Yeah. What um, you pick side of the ball team Packers Patriots? I've been a little interested in what the Packers are doing offensively. I think they've really added to their run game. It's uh, to me, you know, again, I, I, I'm not studying every play in detail going back two, three years since Matt Lafleur got there, but it just has the the run game to me has the feel of being more diverse. And I think they've made a commitment to it. You see the pony package with two backs with Dylan and Jones in the backfield together. Um, you know, I think that they, they, with the young receivers that Rodgers is trying to work in, I think that's a work in progress. And as they sort that out, and that will get more comfortable because Rodgers is obviously special, um, I think they've leaned on the run game quite a bit. And I think that the run game has really been something through the first three games that has stood out. And just one other player I want to mention on, on the Packers that probably doesn't get talked about enough on the other side of the ball. I think Kenny Clark is a really good player. And I think through three games, he has really popped on film. Really curious, Greg, to hear what you are seeing with the Raiders and the Broncos on offense. What is going on? Yeah, well, the Raiders game was fascinating this week. And I don't know if more teams will do this, but I thought Renfro being out really dictated how the Titans played defense because the Raiders were one for 12 on third down. Okay. That's hard to win in the league when you're one for 12 on third down. Now there were a couple of drops and, you know, obviously there's always those kinds of plays and games, but I was more interested in tactically what the Titans did. And I'd be curious if other teams would do this, but Renfro changes it. So we'll see. But what the Titans did on third down, Ross, is they bracketed, doubled, played over the top, whatever you want to call it, on both Adams and Waller. And they took both guys out of the game. And they played pure man, zero man, because there were no safeties that were involved, zero man on the other three receivers. And it posed a bit of a problem, clearly on third down. Now, Renfro, I believe, was in concussion protocol. I don't know if he's been cleared as you and I speak now, so I don't know if he's back this week. But the point is, you can't you can't double bracket three receivers. You can only do two, and the Titans did that last week, and it it kind of it, it hurt the the Raiders quite a bit. Um, on the other side, the Broncos' offense, and I think most people who watch tape would say it's been a tough watch. Uh, their pass game has no rhythm, no sense of timing, no efficiency. Um, will it come? You would think based on who the quarterback is, 
But right now, it's it's a struggle to watch that offense. I wonder why. You know what? I can't answer that. I'm not there. Uh, but I can only tell you what the tape shows. And other than a few plays here and there, uh, some by some within the structure and others, Russell Wilson, you know, at the end of the game, he made this past week to, to win the game. He made two second reaction plays, one throwing, one running. Other than those, there's really been no feel to their pass game. Chiefs, Bucks. One of the games of the weekend yep. might actually end up getting moved to Minneapolis. We're waiting on that because of the hurricane. Uh, neither team looked real good offensively last week, right? No, and that's why I think I'd like to talk about the Chiefs defense because you and I both know throughout the year we'll end up talking about Mahomes and Brady a lot. So the Chiefs defense, I think, is really good. I think Steve Spagnolo is, is one of the best in, in creating and crafting and orchestrating pressure packages where, you know, he might show pressure from one side, dictate a protection, then bring pressure from the other side. He's a coach that plays zero coverage where they blitz with no safety help. I think he did that more than any team in the league a year ago. And given the fact that Brady is obviously a pocket quarterback, They've struggled a bit with their receivers. Um, Evans will be back, but they're still struggling with injuries. Their O-line is clearly a work in progress with new players. It would not surprise me situationally if you really see Steve Spagnuolo whip out some of those pressure schemes that really require the O-line to play with cohesion and sort things out because that's tough to do. Right, and the Bucks have had a different guys in and out. They've got an experienced guy, yep. so that – that makes a lot of sense. Uh, last but not least, Monday Night Football, uh, I was very surprised by the Niners offensively. I, how much of that was bad Niners offense? How much was good Broncos defense, I guess? Yeah, you know, the Niners would say it was their offense. You know, uh, obviously, Garoppolo was not sharp. You know, it was really his first game as a starter. He had no offseason and no training camp. He missed some throws that he needs to make, even some completions that could have gone for bigger gains and perhaps touchdowns. His throws were not really accurate. Um, you would assume that would come. The run game is something I'm sure they'll work on a lot. Don't forget, and you know this, they're starting a second-year player at left guard, Banks from Notre Dame, uh, his first-time starter. They're starting a rookie at right guard, Burford, who had a great preseason, but he's a rookie. And they're starting Brendel at center, who – is not someone I think they really want to start, but they're stuck. So their interior group is is probably week to week, depending on the opponent. I just want to make one comment about the Rams, and I think this says so much about Sean McVay. I don't know if people have noticed that, you know, Van Jefferson is out, and he's actually a pretty good receiver, and he was a factor for them a year ago. Everybody thought, you know, Cup, Beckham, Jefferson was a big factor in what they did. So now he's out, so they're playing Ben Skoronek, and he's not the same guy as Jefferson. So I don't know if people have noticed that the last two weeks, about 30 snaps, he's lined up as a fullback. And they've used him in really interesting ways. So they've taken a player, in, in some ways much like the Ravens used Patrick Ricard, who's not necessarily going to fill up the stat sheet, although Skoranek did have a couple of catches. But they've really incorporated him and integrated him into the offense in a fascinating way that allows them to do multiple things without him being a, a, a big target receiver. Uh, and I think that says a lot about McVay and his expansive thinking. Yeah, I did notice that. And, man, you get a receiver playing fullback, that is problems for whoever is supposed to cover him because you're not usually putting somebody 
good in coverage on a fullback like that. No, and actually he ran through the line of scrimmage last week and caught a 26-yarder, and nobody picked him up. It was one of those where I, you know, they just lost him. And he, he ran a corner out as part of a three-level stretch concept, and nobody reacted to him. Everybody reacts to your segments, Greg. They love it. At Greg Cosell, every Thursday, bright and early. Thank you. Thanks, Ross. Appreciate it. You know what I'm appreciating right now? Symbol. Huge fan of Symbol. little mad at myself that I didn't think of it or come up with it myself. You literally can trade, buy and sell teams like stocks. It's the perfect blend of sports and the stock market. Listen, don't need to hear it from me. That's what Pro Football Focus says. Offering a brand new way to invest in your favorite team and profit off their success. So I got to ask them, by the way, if you can like short teams that you're down on that you um, don't think are good because there's definitely organizations that I would like to benefit from as their price drops. I got to ask the guys that run it over there. It is awesome. If you like the stock market or investing at all, and obviously if you listen to the show or watch it, you like football, this is like the perfect combo of those two. It's amazing. I can't believe nobody thought of this before. Download the Symbol mobile app for iOS by searching S-I-M-B-U-L-L in the App Store and use promo code ROSS to receive a free team stock valued up to $150 upon signing up. That's code ROSS to claim your free stock on the Symbol mobile app. Highly recommend. I've got some Eagles. I've got some Jaguars. You can use the 150 bucks to buy the teams that you think are going to be on the rise. Promo code Ross, symbol with a B, Sim, S-I-M-B-U-L-L, code Ross. Ducks takes. Hi there. Good morning. Let's start with the NFL who announced that 200 plus guys can have international flags on the back of their helmets to showcase their heritage. Love it. Love it. NFL is trying to grow the game globally. I am 1,000% behind that initiative. I would love to see more people internationally playing the greatest sport of all time. And I do think them showcasing where these guys are from with their uh, flags on the back of their helmet. I think it's a genius idea by NFL. It's back-to-back days where I'm a big believer in something the NFL is doing. Ducks takes. Jets quarterback Zach Wilson cleared and expected to start this weekend against the Pittsburgh Steelers. That is interesting to me. I I thought that they might go one more week with Flacco. I thought there might be a little bit more of a ramp-up period with Zach Wilson, but obviously they drafted him really high. They want to see what he has. The fans want to see him. They don't want to see Flacco. So, we shall see what Zach Wilson does. It's interesting because I think if the Jets had won on Sunday against the Bengals, my guess is they would have left Flacco in there for at least one more week. Ducks takes. Some injury news. Let's start with the Ravens. D-tackle Michael Pierce has a torn bicep or tears his bicep and Chargers defensive end Joey Bosa on IR with a groin injury. Sounds like he's coming to Philly to get that. Uh, core muscle surgery that I had back in 2000. He'll probably be out at least five or six weeks, I would say, if they're going to make sure that they do it right. 
So we'll see what happens with Bosa. And Pierce is a big loss for the Ravens. He's their probably their best run-stuffing D-tackle. Tux takes. Joe Schobert, it's signed by the Titans to their practice squad. Just interesting. You know, at one point, Schobert was like a leading tackler for a couple years. He got a big contract to go to Jacksonville, got traded to Pittsburgh, and now he's just kind of trying to hang on to his career. I mean, he went from a guy that was thought of really highly to a guy just trying to stick around. Tux takes. Uh... Bucks Chiefs game possibly going to Minnesota if necessary from the uh, from Hurricane Ian. And by the way, I just want to throw a shout out to everybody in Central Florida. Hope everybody's okay. Well said, Bry. You know, typically people don't really care about weather that doesn't affect them. You ever notice that? It's like, oh yeah, um, it's raining. It's terrible here. It's hot here. Okay, well I'm not there, so what do I care? Um, when you get something like this, everybody should care because it's really scary and really dangerous and can really turn people's lives upside down. So I echo your sentiment, Bri. And I think the biggest reason why they would move the game is so that all resources in Central Florida can be devoted to kind of hurricane relief and not be at the game, you know, not have an ambulance and police officers and whatever at the football game. Tux takes. All right, and let's finish up with Thursday night football, Bengals and Dolphins. Who do you like and why? Well, it's funny because I like the Bengals. And I went in on them on a pretty big bet on the Even Money podcast with Steve Fezzik because it is a great spot for the Bengals. Playing at home, Dolphins just had that exhausting game. Two was beat up, short week, on the road, all those things, right? Huge win over the Bills, all, all that stuff. And you wonder if the Dolphins come in, you know, without, without the requisite juice, if you will. Flip side is what Greg just said about the Dolphins' defense and going against that Bengals O-line. So that was... In my mind, notable. I'll still take the Bengals. Um, I think it's probably a little bit of a lower scoring game. I think the Bengals win like 23-17. Something like that. I don't think they blow them out like Fezzik does. Maybe they do. Maybe the maybe the Dolphins just run out of steam and need need 10 days to, to recover from the start they've had. I need at least 10 seconds to tell you about Pizza Boy Brewing, Sportaculture, HumanHeadNYC.com, SteakhouseSports.com, Go-Bangles.com, good timing for that one with the game tonight, Evergreen Economics, Vision Comics with an X, and of course, the gift you should get. Joe Dolan has two weddings this weekend. means there's been a lot of anniversaries. MyFrontPageStory.com. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.